Hello, I'm Kay Cornish, editor of My VIP, the customer magazine for Pets at Home, and I'd like to welcome you to the Pets at Home Kitten podcast. The idea with this series of podcast episodes is to take you through everything you need to know from planning for a kitten all the way through to their first adult years, really, where we're going to cover everything from what you should do to kitten-proof your home, what to feed them, how to play with them, how to understand them. And to do this, I will be joined by many expert guests. And with their advice and support, we are hoping to help you and your new pet have a wonderful time together. So hope you enjoy them. Let's crack on. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Pets at Home kitten podcast and this episode we are going to be talking all about nutrition kitten nutrition and joining me again we've got Carleen Heyman who is head of pets at pets at home as well as being a qualified vet hi and also joining us again is an actual kitten owner James Headley hello James hi Kate Okay, so our mission with this podcast is to provide you with an expert overview of everything you need to know to help make caring for your kitten a positive and wonderful experience. And this is all about what they eat. So we'll be discussing why giving your kitten the right nutrition is incredibly important and also the right amount um, is uh, the the right nutrition and, and, and in the right amount is probably the most important thing you'll ever do for them. So. Colleen, I know that we've recently featured it in my VIP that after the first four weeks of their mother's milk, a kitten gradually transitions to kitten food and is completely weaned at about eight weeks. So how is kitten food different to adult cat food? It is quite different. Yeah, kittens obviously have a lot of growing to do. So it makes sense that their food is is and their diet's different. You know, just like I guess a baby's diet is different from, from our own. So The main important thing is, um, I mean, we're lucky that our pets, we have a vast range of different foods out there. And um, as long as you pick one that is complete and balanced, labelled specifically for kittens, um, you you will meet all their nutritional demands. So they have higher nutritional demands than adult cats. So they need more calories, but also a different balance of minerals and vitamins um, and also a specific, you know, level of digestibility as well for their growing bodies. And often as a vet, I get asked about, you know, supplementing um, kitten or or puppy diets, you know, do we need to give them milk? What about, um, you know, calcium supplements, etc.? it's actually really dangerous to supplement a complete kitten food. So they're they're labelled complete for a reason. So um, actually supplementing them can can lead to growth abnormalities. So as long as you buy a good quality, complete and balanced diet that is designed and labelled to support healthy growth and development, it will contain all the nutrients your kitten needs. And um, I guess even before bringing your kitten home for the first time, you should ask the breeder or rescue home, what food they like to eat, uh, get some of this in first so your kitten has something familiar. What if you don't want to feed them whatever they were on before long term? What what then? Yeah, so so you're absolutely right. Um, and again, this is similar with puppies and kittens. It's it's a good idea to continue feeding what the breeder or rescue home ha- has been feeding kitten initially. Of course, you can change it. 
that I would recommend waiting until your kitten's fully settled in before doing so, because there's so much change happening in their lives. Yeah. You know, new home, new environment, away from mum and litter mates, um, a, a new food can really throw them and, and cause quite severe um, tummy upsets. So once your kitten's a bit more settled in, if you do want to change their foods, always make sure you do it gradually. So, you know, we've, we've talked about changing changing diets um, be, before in other podcasts, I think, but you mix in a small amount of the new food with your kitten's regular food and you increase the food over the course of um, probably about a week until they're completely on the new food. Okay, James, what did you do with Penny? Did you follow all those guidelines that Carlene's just said? I did actually. So Penny was on wet food when we got her and I won't mention the brand, but what we did is we purchased the same food uh, and we did that for a couple of weeks, I'd say, uh, mainly because we read up about just ensuring that, uh, you know, it's something that they might either upset their stomach if they're not used to it or just because it's something they're used to having. uh, It's just another thing for them to adjust to. So we did it for a couple of weeks and then we transitioned over and uh, Penny now has wet food and dry food. Uh, in separate bowls. Is he doing the right thing there, Colleen? Absolutely. You know, whether to feed wet or dry um, is is really up to you. And, and you know, it might be your choice. It might be your kitten's choice. Um, sometimes you don't get a choice. Um, it, it's, it's quite common for kittens to be weaned on wet food or... Um, maybe on dry kibble but it's it's um, moistened so it's it's sort of more easily picked up um some people actually recommend to feed a combination of wet and dry um and the reason for that is to to try and avoid your kitten developing strong food preferences nice. so that you've got more choice when when they're an adult um but equally if you want to just go for wet or you just want to go for dry there is no right or wrong as long as again it's a complete kitten food I can't I can't really stress that enough and that's the most important thing I don't know James if you found introducing dry biscuits that if she wasn't used to them that you needed to moisten it a bit or or sort of hook her to eat them yeah she was actually she was really she was a big fan of the dry biscuits and actually what we found is to start with she was eating more of the dry as opposed to the wet I don't know if it was because it was different and new um, almost to the point where we're like, well, we won't give her as much wet because she's just not eating it. And then we did almost feel like she was getting a bit constipated. Um, but that seemed to subside. We did speak to the vets. And I'd say now she eats about 50-50. But what she loves out of the moist food is she kind of almost licks it to start with because it's probably in that, uh, well, it's in a gravy. And I think she really likes the gravy. And the thing that uh, I thought was a good idea um, is probably the moisture she's probably getting from that wet food um, helps um, because some cats don't seem to drink that much water. And I thought, well, if that's another way of hydrating her, then great. Um, but I did, just going back to your point around uh, complete meals, I just made sure that what we bought both gave her the, had all the right nutritional values, basically, and they were seen as complete meals. So hopefully I've done the right thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds to me like you, you have. And yeah, wet food... You know, I, I think a lot of cats prefer um, wet over dry, but you're right, Penny might have preferred the dry for a bit because of the novelty factor of it. Um, obviously, the benefit with dry food is that it could help improve their teeth. It, You know, the effects aren't always um, that clear. There are obviously some specific dental diets, but um, in general, it's sort of um, accepted that it may help improve their teeth. Wet foods, um, like you've said, well, not only do they smell stronger and have a nicer texture, it does help them to stay hydrated. And drinking in cats is, 
you know, can be quite a, a, a funny topic. They are quite different from dogs in that. And especially, actually, as cats get older, often wet food is recommended um, because they they don't tend to drink enough. So I'm not surprised if she if Penny suddenly went to a lot of dry food that her, her body was maybe a little bit dehydrated for a while. Yeah. So let's cover off the question that um, everybody wants to know. Why do cats love drinking from the tap? Why do they love drinking from the toilet bowl? Why do they love drinking from from the basin or the kitchen tap? Or a puddle outside even. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you know, kittens and cats need access to clean, fresh water at all times. Um, But they do often get um, a lot of water from their food, as we've just said, with with wet food. And also their drinking preferences can be quite individual. Mm. Um, So... First thing I would recommend is not just have one bowl of water for your cat, have several and try different types of containers until you, you'll quickly find out which the one is that they prefer, because that's quite individual as well. Never put the water next to their food. Well, that might work for dogs. Cats actually really don't like that. And of course, keep it well away from, from litter trays as well, because that will encourage them to drink more. Why don't they like their water being next to their food? We're not we're not really sure why. Um, it is possible that in the wild, you know, when they kill a, their prey, they wouldn't necessarily drink from a water course nearby because it could be contaminated if there's like decaying flesh out there so they they would they would do that in the wild to to sort of um and seek out water sources that are free of bacteria and not a possible contamination so so that's that's one theory that's out there the other thing which i think we still see a lot of and i always tell cat owners is um to to avoid um plastic water containers and even food containers really cats seem to prefer glass metal or ceramic and they also it's also important to look at the shape so um you know they quite like for food as well almost like more plate or shallow bowl okay. so they don't have to really dunk their head inside of something yeah. um, and, the and, and they don't yeah they don't like their whiskers to touch the the, the side of of the bowl um so my cat for example really loves um drinking from pint glasses that are filled right up to right up to the top if, if there's you know an inch missing he won't touch it it needs to be filled right up and then and then he'll drink from it um some cats really like moving water so that's where the taps um come from and um or, or even a continuous flow so um that's where water fountains are, are a really good idea so i've got a water fountain now for my cat because yeah. he really loves it yeah he likes flowing water yeah they do love a water fountain um we did a feature on that recently about uh, keeping pets cool in summer and the water fountain is just, uh, honestly, it's such a joy. Cat, cats love, the, the cat model we had just absolutely loved drinking out of the cat water fountain. They're such a brilliant little thing. And, and you know, it, they're, they, they just like batting the water as well. So. Yeah, they like to play with it. So sometimes you... You even get people saying, you know, put like a golf ball or a ping pong ball um, in in the water bowl because it creates sort of waves and things and they can play with it a bit. It can get a bit messy. So have a think about where where your water is. Um, we have had to step away for a pint, from a pint glass with Wolfie because he started knocking it over. And that, <laughs> that was just a no-go. It's too much water going everywhere. So um, hence the switch to a, to a water fountain. OK, so I'd like to um, introduce my third guest, Claire Gavin, who is Director of Innovations and Creative Development at Pets at Home. Hello, Claire. Hi, Kate. 
Thanks for joining us again. And um, this time you're going to be talking about some in innovative products uh, when it comes to treating your kitten. Yes, Kate, I know you've talked about different ways of feeding already. And uh, one that I just like to add is sometimes it's a great idea to feed your cat up high and treat your cat up high. And for that, you might be feeding it on top of a cat scratcher. And that's particularly a good idea if you've got a nervous cat or you might have taken on a kind of feral kitten. Um, they can then survey all of their surroundings. They can eat with confidence and security and it's on their terms rather than on the floor where they're at their most vulnerable. There is a really clever way of feeding your, your kitten, and that's using a product that is by a brand called Doc and Phoebe. And effectively, it's no bowl feeding. It mimics the way a cat would hunt in, in real life. Oh, right. OK. So it literally is emulating what they would do. They're, they're, they're primeval instincts, they're inbuilt instincts of being stimulated. Yeah, exactly. So you need to train them how to interact with this feeding system. But effectively, you take the content of the bowl of kibble and you divide it between a number of little mouse toys that when they're batted around, dispense the kibble. And oh, my God, that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> it's brilliant because as the kitten or the cat gets more trained in how to access the food, you can hide these all around the house. And that means that they're, they're, they're feeding and grazing throughout the day, which is what a cat likes to do. It's an, a brilliant idea, a brilliant idea developed by a vet in the US wow. and a really great way to feed. So let's move on to portion size. How do you know if you're feeding your kitten the right amount? Now, a kitten's tummy, I've been told, is about the size of half the size of my thumb. So how come their poos are so massive? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the poo size will be very dependent on the type of food. So it depends okay. on the amount of fibre that's in the food or how digestible it is. And, and, and also dependent on the individual kittens. So um, it's difficult to sort of give advice or comment on that. So you might just need yeah. to find out what's normal for your kitten. But in terms of portion size, um, they do like to eat little and often. So okay. um, I always recommend, you know, weighing out the full day's allowance into portions and then serving that multiple times through the day at regular intervals. Some kittens are natural grazers, which is what, you know, what they're sort of designed to do, which which can make life easy. But other kittens can be a bit greedier um, and so might need your help to um, obviously prevent um, binge eating. Obviously, if you're feeding wet and dry, that complicates it a little bit because you don't want to feed a full daily ration of dry and a full daily ration of wet. You're going to have to half boat or however um, you, you divide it up. And obviously, while you could leave dry food out all day if your cat is a grazer, um, wet food generally if they haven't eaten it within 30 minutes to an hour um, don't leave it out because they probably won't touch it anymore again they're not like dogs that will just eat anything um, cats as soon as it's gone a bit dry and crusty that'll be it are they creatures of habit as much as dogs are so would it have to be particularly you know roughly around the same times of day or does it matter if you're like an hour late and then just go on incrementally after that yeah they do you know generally pets both cats and dogs do like routine and predictability so um yeah it, it is beneficial and you know if you don't have a kitten that is a grazer um and if you find you know you put their daily ration of dry food out in the morning and they just polish up the lot in 15 minutes then um 
you know, obviously do the meals little and often. And then by the time the six months, you can usually transition onto two meals a day, which tends to fit into most people's lifestyles a, a bit better. But yeah, naturally cats would would eat little and often, but you just need to balance that out with your individual kitten, um, whether it would lead to overfeeding with them. So um, yeah, you need to find what's right for you and your, your kitten. Cool. So if you're introducing dry food for the first time, what, what if they've never experienced dry food before? They've always had wet food. You know, most kittens will be well up for trying something new. As we've discussed, right. you know, yeah. Penny was quite happy to just um, get stuck in. But if they are struggling to eat it, um, you can, you know, moisten the biscuits um, and to try and sort of in, entice them. Um, but, you know, there are plenty of cats that will turn their nose up at dry food so again it's sort of that balance between what you want them to eat and what they they want to eat because <laughs> they have a say as well so. yeah okay so is there anything else to, to to talk around portion size if you're mixed feeding you just have to be extra careful that you you know you don't give sort of double the amount and you reduce the amount of each each food also don't assume that if you fed one dry food and I don't know you had a certain scoop for that food that if you change to another food it's the same scoop it, it you know sometimes one kitten food it might be 20 grams a day and with another kitten food it might be 50 grams a day I don't know this might be an exaggeration but because they're formulated differently they've got different calories per kibble it can be quite different so always go back to the pack and the recommendations um if you're in doubt at all about you know if your kitten's too lean or, or growing too quickly or getting too big too quickly um ask one of our colleagues in store or um your vet or vet nurse because i appreciate people don't always take their kitten shopping with us but um <laughs> you probably take them to the vet so just ask them for for advice because Sadly, overfeeding is much more common than underfeeding these days. And, yeah. you know, a bit like with children, um, you don't want a kitten to be already overweight before it reaches adulthood because that just sets them up, um, you know, yeah. quite badly for life. It's a lot harder to then get them slimmed down again. So um, make sure um, you get that checked and your vet or vet nurse will be more than happy to advise you on that and, and have them in for weight checks. Okay, so talking about overfeeding, etc., uh, and the problem of weight kind of ties in with um, treating. So what about kitten treats? I assume that they should be counted as part of your kitten's daily food allowance, not as an addition. Yeah, I mean, with, with treats, um, obviously, as a vet, I would always recommend um, not to feed too many, um, and especially not human food. So if you're going to use treats, use kitten or cat treats not don't don't get into the habit of giving human food um but really if, if your kitten's highly food motivated and of course not all, all kittens are not like well not all puppies are to be fair but more dogs are than cats I would say um you can just use part of their daily food ration so you're not adding stuff on top okay. um especially if you're feeding dry food you know just pick a few kibbles from from their daily ration what we generally recommend, whether it's a kitten or a cat, is that treats shouldn't make up more than 10% of their daily calorie intake. So that might require you to do some, some calculations and sums, but I can tell you now that is not very much. Um, so a lot of treats um, add quite, quite a lot of calories. And, and the danger is if you, well, ideally, you, you would take their daily calorie ration, remove 10% of their food for that day, and then fill that gap with treats. 
the danger is obviously if you if you give the treats on top, they're going to gain too much weight. But also if you're giving most of their daily calories as treats rather than food, your food is not complete and balanced anymore because treats are not are not balanced in terms of minerals and vitamins. So they won't be getting all the nutrients they need. And of course, that's much more serious in a growing kitten than maybe an adult cat. So that's an added um, sort of um, thing to watch out when you're when you're treating kittens. Okay, uh, James, uh, does Penny have any particular treats that she likes? She does like her treats. We do give them to her sparingly, though, so she doesn't have them every day, um, maybe every other day, but we only give her a few. We don't give her that many. There are a few times, though, uh, where she, she knows where they're, where they're located, basically, and it she can obviously probably naturally smell them, but if she can get to them, she will. And we have caught <laughs> we have caught her a few times with the bag in her mouth, trying to rip it open to get to them. So you know, naughty Nunu, naughty Penny. Um, but no, she's pretty good, and she doesn't expect them. She's not a greedy cat. She's a grazer, um, and I think she appreciates a treat, you know, every now and again. But it doesn't seem to be on the top of her agenda. So she's happy as long as she gets to go outside and and have her her food and water. She's fine. Yeah, and I think that's quite common with cats. They're less probably less motivated. Again, there are always the exceptions, but um, unlike puppies and dogs, um, a lot less food motivated. You say that, but we also know that cats are notoriously fussy eaters, or is that just an old adage that isn't true? I don't know, but your kitten will probably let you know how they feel about what you put in their bowl by literally turning their nose up, sticking their tail in the air and stomping out the room, as mine used to do. Uh, But what can you do if your kitten is really fussy or even worse, refuses to eat what's on offer? So it is it is rarer for kittens compared to adult cats to be fussy. And that's because generally they're still quite open to to new experiences. So cats tend to develop food preferences as they grow up. And that's the result of what they've experienced early in life. So they tend to like um, the same food that they see their mother eating. And, and some cats develop a really strong preference for this. It's it's the same with um, if, if um, your kitten's mother hunts, for example, you tend to find that cats like to play, whether it's sort of more the mice type toys or the bird flutter in the air type toys, is, is strongly um, dependent on what they saw their mother catch or hunt or play with. So both of those preferences, hunting and play behavior and food, is, is really influenced by, um, by early experiences. Um, on top of that, you get some cats that then also develop a strong preference for um, a particular type of food, whether that's a texture. You know, my cat will not touch like a pate type food, but loves chunks and gravy. Um, also flakes he won't touch it's chunks and gravy all the way um, or it could be that it's between wet and dry so um, you, you can get cats that, that are quite fussy especially if they if they keep being fed the same thing over a long time however and I was quite surprised to to read about this but apparently cats are inherently what we call neophilic so they like to explore and try new foods and different varieties so you know, I think if you can introduce that in a kitten when when they're young um, and don't get them stuck on one food or a texture or flavour, then it is worth worth doing that. But obviously, never chop and change too quickly um, or you might get stomach upsets. Um, other things that can help, you know, entice a fussy eater um, is obviously thinking about um, palatability. 
So things like texture, odor, taste and temperature. So um, especially the smell and the temperature are quite important for cats. Um, they've got a really well-developed sense of smell. And, and obviously smell is enhanced when the food is slightly warm. So if you feed a bit of a pouch several times a day and you keep it in the fridge in between, they might go off it a bit because they just can't smell it. So mm-hmm. you could try warming it to um, sort of body temperature. It, it's sort of ideal um, temperature um, and, and that might entice them. And then when it comes to texture, again, generally, if you have got fussy eaters, but again, there's always exceptions, the texture of meat tends to be preferred to anything else. So I guess the pate is the more artificial texture in a way um, and so yeah. is dry food so you might find that flakes or chunks um, are, 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 are preferred. Cool so now for those who may not have heard of it Colleen can you explain why taurine the ingredients taurine is so important for kittens? Yeah this is something you see on a lot of kitten or cat food packs um, and, and in order to explain what taurine is, um, it's worth just taking a step back and looking at um, sort of, you know, the essential nutrients of a cat's diet, um, one of which is, of course, protein. Everyone's heard of protein. Others are fat and carbohydrates, the sort of the big nutrient groups. And proteins are um, quite big, complex molecules that contain they consist of chains of smaller building blocks called amino acids. And yeah. that's quite important because you get lots of different amino acids and some can be made by the body and some need to come from food. Okay. So like all animals, um, cats need protein in their diet. Um, and obviously proteins are used for lots of biological processes from growing skin and bones and hair um, to, to sort of digesting food, etc. So humans and dogs can adapt to a diet that have low protein levels. So, you know, we can be vegetarian or even vegan. But for cats, that's almost impossible because not only have they got a higher protein requirement, which you can only meet by feeding a meat based diet. Mm. They also um, require a number of these specific building blocks, amino acids, um, and that is only found in meat. So and and one of those is taurine. So while while dogs need 37 essential amino acids, cats need 41. So they need more protein. They've got a higher need of these essential amino acids. And there's four of these amino acids that cats cannot make themselves. So dogs can and we can, but cats cannot. So it needs to be in the food for them to to be able to use it. And and it's needed for things like eyesight, heart function. So you often see it labeled as, you know, for a healthy heart, um, but also bile formation. So digestion and and reproduction. And these these amino acids are not found in plants. um, And like I said, cats can't convert them um, from other other amino acids yeah. like like dogs and cats can wow god that's that's fascinating so it is vitally important that you, you read the label you do your research when it comes to nutrition for your kitten because you know it, it's not just a case of dumping any old cat food in their bowl and also god forbid like we said about the uh, medicines um swapping cat and dog medicines don't do that don't feed your cat dog food Absolutely, because we I think a lot of people think cats and dogs are both carnivores, but yeah. actually it's only cats that are true carnivores. Dogs um are adapted to eat yeah. and they can eat um a plant-based or yeah. a predominantly plant-based diet like we can, but cats just can't. Cats. Yeah, absolutely. 
And is there any, is taurine available in all meats? There's no particular meats that they need. It's all, taurine is something that's available it's, in all meats. Yeah, it's available in all meats. And of course, you know, if you've got a complete and balanced diet, the manufacturer will have made sure that it contains all the nutrients at the right levels. So you don't yeah. have to worry about that. It'll contain all the right stuff. How do you know, going on from that, how do you know if your cat's food is balanced just by reading the packet? Well, yeah. And I think, you know, especially recently, there seems to be a lot of mistrust in sort of um, pet foods and, and, and diets that are out there when people are looking for, you know, different diets and, and maybe even think about home cooked. But pet food in the UK is really, really well regulated. So if, if a label says a diet is complete and balanced, it will be because it will be the manufacturer will have to make sure that it meets certain guidelines. So unlike you know, human food where you might buy, I don't know, some ch a chocolate pudding, which will be high in sugar and high in fat. And, you know, if you only were to eat that, obviously that's not complete. Uh, a, a pet food will always, if it says it's complete, it will have exactly the right amount of um, salt, of calories, of protein, carbohydrate, and all the minerals and vitamins you, you need. And people can get a bit hung up on looking at pet food labels and they can be confusing um, and people get really fixated on the ingredients yeah. or how much beef is in it or how much chicken or actually that's not that important it's the nutrients that's important whether that protein comes from beef or chicken or fish doesn't really matter when it comes when it's digested and broken down what's important is the amount of protein uh, the minerals and vitamins um the fats and carbohydrates but where they come from is 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 less important unless of course you know you've got a really specific need um like i don't know if your cat's allergic to chicken for example but actually food allergies are really really uncommon um a lot more uncommon than than we than a lot of people i think Think. Mm. Um, James, obviously, again, we can't mention brands, but has Penny got a particular flavour preference? Is she a fish kitten? Is she a, a chicken kitten? She's currently a turkey kitten at the moment. Well, she has she has turkey for wet and she has um, chicken for dry. Um, and she seems to be really happy with that. Um, to be honest, I would experiment with other flavours. It just happens to be that the one that I give Penny in terms of wet food, they only do uh a turkey flavor at the moment for kittens so i haven't been able to experiment with that one uh i did think about looking at a different dry food so i might might look at that um i do know she is a fan of fish because she's tried to take some off my plate <laughs> already but no i did look the biggest thing for me you kind of covered it off the biggest thing with me was kind of looking for that label that kind of said almost complete balanced uh, meal solution um i didn't want to get too hung up about the ingredients but I did read into about protein levels. Um, so then I started to look at those, but in the end I just went for what I thought was a good one and made sure it had that that kind of sign off that it was a complete meal solution. And also, um, is this nonsense? But I um I remember uh I might someone might have just told me this down the pub, or I might have read it somewhere. So it might be complete nonsense, but is all pet food in well cat and dog food in the UK does it have to be fit for human consumption before they can sell it or is that nonsense no that's true so you ah. know some people get a bit upset um when a when a pet food said it's meat and meal the meat derivatives or even if it's got meat meal in it 
and people think that's quite dodgy or oh, so it must be like beaks and feathers that are in there yeah well, that wouldn't give you the protein levels that and, and the nutrients that a food needs so yeah, yeah all all um meat that is used in pet food in the uk will have come from from human abattoirs and will be will have been deemed fit for consumption that doesn't mean that we eat it so it's a lot of the parts that in this country we just choose not to eat yeah but that doesn't mean that it's unsafe or less nutritious in any way um, and it's actually a really sustainable way to to use up all the bits of of, of an animal um, you know we get the prime cuts because for us looks and 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 texture yeah. and, and and taste is, is more important and the rest gets gets put into pet food which is great So, Carly, why why protein and fat? Is it because it's what they'd eaten wild? So, yeah, we've we've touched on this a little bit. So, um, you know, cats are obviously obligate carnivores, so they have to have meat in their diet, unlike dogs. And so, their whole body and digestive system is is adapted to a meat based diet, and they can't they can't survive on a plant based diet. So, protein is obviously essential, and so is fat. Um, not just as a source of energy, but fat actually contains some vitamins uh, as well. Um, carbohydrates is an interesting one. Um, I think carbs have gotten a lot of bad press recently, not just for yeah. cats, but also dogs. You know, we get a lot about grain free and people um, get quite hung up about whether their, their pets died grain free or not. So actually, even though cats are obligate carnivores and, and they've got a reduced ability to digest and, and use carbohydrates um, and, and a carnivorous diet is naturally um, quite low in carbs. Yeah. Um, they they can digest it. So it's not that they can't digest it at all. Um, but as carnivores, they get most of their energy from protein, unlike dogs and, and us, we get most of our energy from carbs. Right. Um, cats still still need that high high protein. But yeah, they, they can use it. They've just got a limited capacity to digest it and, and utilize it. So you will find that all cat diets will contain higher protein levels and lower carbs anyway than dog diets because that's just to meet their their requirement but you know again don't think that oh well cats are carnivores so I can just go down to my local butchers get some meat and feed that to my cat raw or uncooked because um just eating the meat is is not going to be enough it's not going to be complete it's going to be you know deficient in so many minerals and and vitamins that they would get from carbohydrates you know in their prey they would eat some of the bones and some of the stomach contents of their prey so they would naturally get some carbohydrates that way so um yeah again complete and balanced diet and you can't go wrong <laughs> yeah just always look for that word complete on the label how can you tell if your kitten has sensitive digestion or might require a specialist food for a specific condition? I mean, obviously, that's a, that's a sort of big umbrella question. I mean, like the conditions are going to be have different symptoms and stuff. But is there any sort of really glaringly obvious ones that will give you an in, indication that they might need a specific sensitive tummy food or? It's, it's quite rare for kittens to need a specialist food. So a lot of the therapeutic or prescription diets, as they're called, um, are for specific health conditions. And they tend to um, come up later in a cat's life, not, right. not as kittens. So, you know, chronic kidney disease and overactive thyroid, those sort of things. It's really rare in, in kittens. Food allergies, we've already mentioned those. They are incredibly rare and actually, again, even rarer in kittens because 
it takes a while for your body to become allergic to something. So you, you often don't see those until um, they're, they're a little bit older. What might sometimes be prescribed by your vet is um, a more easily digestible diet. And that might be because your kitten's got an episode of diarrhea or vomiting, or maybe they've had um, a lot of parasites. And so the digestive system is a bit challenged and they benefit, they, they benefit from changing the diet temporarily to something um, sort of quite plain and easily digestible. Sometimes it's a similar food to what's given after surgery, for example, you know, a bit like with us, you might have to change your diet you know, if you've got a stomach upset or you've had a general anesthetic, you know, like after neutering, you might just need to eat a, a bland diet for a little while. But generally, um, they they don't need specialist food. So a, a normal kitten food will do. Right. OK, so clearly we don't um, have our dining table in our toilet. I mean, quite a lot of people just sort of put their cat bowls by the litter tray. And if you think about it, it's just really quite a grim thing to do. Why? Why would you do that? It is, and often and often close to the back door as well, yeah. which for a cat is not a safe place to be where the cat flap is and maybe other cats can yeah. come in. So you do have to think a bit like a cat when you're you're positioning those things. So yeah, litter tray well away in a quiet place, not a thoroughfare. Same with food and water. Obviously, we've already touched on water away from the food, ideally. And another thing, um, you know, often cat food bowls are placed right up against the wall. So when a cat is eating, they have to do so with their back facing the wall, mm -hmm. which actually is quite scary for them. Um, so if, if that's what you do, try and move their bowl a bit away from the wall. And I bet you your cat will choose to sit with their back to the wall and have the view of the room. I found that quite interesting because Penny, at the moment, there's probably, they're not right up against the wall, there's probably about 10 inches um, and I've noticed, not on some for several occasions, she's trying to go around and she's almost, she hasn't quite got enough room, but she's trying to almost, it's almost like she's going to fall into it, but she's trying to do that and trying to get around so she doesn't have to face the wall. So that's definitely yeah. something I'm going to do now. I'm going to move them back and see, see how that works. Finally, we found something that James isn't <laughs> yeah. doing. Yay! Exactly. <laughs> you've been, you've been a star, the star owner, 100% up to now. Excellent. Well, I'll never forget, I heard one cat behaviourist once describe cats as um, paranoid pessimists. So they always think the worst. So they always need to have the view of the room, sit up high, feel safe. So actually, yeah, sitting with your back to the room for a cat to then eat and have your, your face in a bowl that might be too high as well. So it's touching your whiskers. is actually not that pleasant. And yeah, cats will eat that way because otherwise they'd starve. So they have to eat somehow. But actually, when you give them the choice, you'll find they prefer other, other containers and other positions. OK, so remember, if you'd like more help and advice or about feeding your kitten, uh, you can go in store and talk to one of our pet food consultants who have been specifically trained um, to talk to you about just that. So uh, like Carleen said earlier, uh, you can go online at petsathome.com forward slash pet food consultations, or you can just pop in store and um, hopefully they'll be able to just fit you in there and then. Okay, so let's talk about tummy trouble. What foods are a definite no-no for a kitten? So I, I would say, you know, start off as you hopefully mean to go on. Um, anything that isn't labelled for kittens or cats, just don't don't feed it. Yeah. Um, because often I think what we consider maybe a small treat, like a bit, bit of tuna, oh, it's only a bit of tuna or a bit of smoked salmon, 
can contain a lot of calories, um, a lot of salt, a lot of fat. So, you know, anything that's not designed for cats can affect the digestive system and cause and cause um, stomach upsets. I think a big one is dairy products. So we often associate cats with a nice bowl of milk. Um, I think that that myth is still out there, but actually... Yeah. You know, as kittens grow up, they lose the ability to digest the lactose in milk. So um, a lot of dairy products can can cause quite serious stomach upsets and, and, and you know, vomiting and, and diarrhea. So obviously there is kitten or cat milk out there that you can buy. But just remember, that is a treat. It's not because your kitten needs kitten milk. It's because you like the idea of giving your cat or kitten milk. And that's the safest way to do so. So just see it as a treat. It's like giving your cat a handful of treats. If you're giving giving them a, a, a bowl full of, of kitten milk, that's quite a lot of calories. So um, just make sure, again, you factor that in. OK. And uh, yeah, so just to just to reiterate that kittens do not need milk, especially cow milk. Once they're weaned, yeah. they, they just need a, a, a good kitten food and water. That's it. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Pets at Home Kitten podcast. And remember, if you have anything in particular that you'd like us to talk about, or if you want to simply let us know how we're doing with these podcasts, and I hope you're enjoying them, please do get in touch at kittenpodcast at petsathome.co.uk. That's the email address to write to us, kittenpodcast at petsathome.co.uk. And you can also find us via at petsathomeuk on Instagram. And on Twitter, our tag is at petsathome. And more information on how you can join the Kitten Club, which supports you and your kitten with expert advice and exclusive offers throughout their first year. All the information can be found on our website, petsathome.com. Okay, so that's everything tied up and join us next time for All Things Kitten. Bye.